Chapter Three of Stories of the Ships by Lewis Ransom Freeman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section Four: Getting Together. What the American Blue Jacket Thinks of Britain and the British. The scroll of human experience has been unrolling at rather a dizzy rate for both the American soldier and sailor during the last year, but it has seemed to me to be the latter probably because he has somewhat more time to sit and think than the former, that has gone the farthest in the orderly pigeonholing of his impressions. All the spirit of the soldier's being has been concentrated on his preparation for licking the Bosch. In mind and body he is fitting himself for his grim task, and his outlook on life and things generally is not uncoloured by the red mist that is deepening before his eyes as the time of his big moment approaches. With the sailor it is different. Although first and last the part that he is playing and will play in winning through is every bit as important as that of the soldier, his hate of the Hun is rather more impersonal, and he is less inclined to have his moments of seeing red than is the Yankee soldier. It is this fact that has made the American sailor a rather more detached and unbiased observer of the things the war drama has unrolled before him than is the soldier. How do things look to you after a year of real war? I asked a tall youth in blue jeans and a grey armless sweater, whom I found tinkering with the sights of the forecastle gun of the destroyer, in which I chanced to be out with for a few days at the time. The question was merely an ingratiating attempt to get acquainted on my part, and was ventured with no expectation of drawing a serious answer. I was not as familiar then as I have become since with the material they are making the young Yankee sailor of, however. He turned on me a keen eye with wrinkles at the corners which I was quite right in surmising had come there through gazing at heat waves dancing along broad horizons long before he had squinted down the sight of a naval gun my diagnosis of texas cowboy only missed the truth by the difference between that and an oklahoma oil driller with a varsity education and a ranch of his own he leaned back easily with an arm over the gun breech where a british bluejacket under similar circumstances would have stiffened at once to attention and yet there was nothing familiar or disrespectful in his attitude it looks to me like two or three things he said after a moment of wrinkling his tanned brow as he collected his thoughts it looks to me as though these waters hereabouts were not going to be exactly a happy hunting-ground for the u-boat now that we're beginning to savvy the game good and proper that's one thing another is that it's beginning to look as if they're waking up to the fact in the states that to call a man a politician is one degree worse than to call him a blank it took them a year or two of war to learn that in england and we didn't profit much by their example another thing it looks like americans or at least those of us who have come across to this side are going to have a fair chance to discover that the natives of these little islands are more or less the same kind of animals the yanks are after all we've never had that chance in the last hundred and forty years instead we've been taught from our cradles to nurse a grudge that was really wiped out when we licked them 
or such forces as they could send across then and set up business on our own in seventy six and one more thing it looks as if americans were at last getting off their blinkers in the matter of the irish that they are beginning to understand that these uh, but excuse me sir he turned and started adjusting the sighting mechanism again i just saw the captain come up on the bridge and i don't like to swear too freely in his hearing and a man can't talk about this end of ireland or leastways about the way it's acted in the war without swearing these off-hand observations come pretty near to epitomizing the several salient ideas that have been crystallizing in the mind of the american sailor in the course of his year or more of active service in the war if he isn't a destroyer or submarine operating against the u-boat he knows full well what has been done in turning the little neck of the atlantic where he works into what may well be termed a marine hell for the pirates if he is in one or the other of these branches of the service too the fact that he has based in a south of ireland port has given him a liberal education in the affairs of that distressful country and stirred in him the deepest abomination of sinn fein all it stands for and all who stand for it a growing impatience and distrust of all professional politicians is common to the officers and men of all the american ships on this side and bodes as hopefully for the future as does a similar feeling that is becoming increasingly evident in both the british army and navy but most profound of all the emotions stirred in the breast of the american sailor by the war and the new knowledge the war has brought him is undoubtedly his awakening sympathy and admiration for the british and great britain the picture the most of him brought over of the briton was a sort of hazy composite built up of what his school histories told him about george the third's soldiers and of what he himself had seen of the briton as represented on the american stage and in the funny papers if he was a man of two or three enlistments and these because of the great dilution of new men which has become imperative with the expansion of the navy are not encountered very often the effect of the composite was heightened by a picture of the british bluejacket as the american had met him on the waterfront of this or that foreign port it goes without saying that the incarnation of that kind of a composite didn't seem a very promising individual for the yankee sailor to make friends with this creature of fancy was a male of course what the female of the species was he had an even hazier idea and that there was really nothing to speak of to differentiate her from the girl sister or mother he had left behind him he never dreamed considering that this is the way things looked to him at the outset and the picture is not in the least exaggerated one cannot but feel that the american sailor has made most gratifying process in correcting his perspective in a comparatively limited time and with few opportunities the men of the american battleships of the grand fleet 
always on guard at its isolated base and able to grant scant and infrequent leave to any one serving in it have had less chance to see the country and its people than have their mates of the destroyers and submarines whose bases have been more convenient to england and with chances of leave turning up rather oftener their main almost their only point of contact therefore has been the british bluejacket everything considered perhaps there could not have been a better one no finer and yet more fairly characteristic cross-section of the british people could be revealed than that shown by the personnel of the royal navy from stoker or seaman to commander-in-chief there is no class by which the briton himself should be prouder to be judged i have already written of the mixed feelings of curiosity and interest with which the british bluejackets awaited their first intimate meeting with the yanks it was no whit different on the part of the latter with the northern base swept by its more or less unending succession of winter storms there was not much chance for personal contact in the first few months after the americans came over and before better weather and lengthening spring days gave opportunity for interfleet visits and foregatherings ashore the men of both navies had had a good many chances to see each other handling their ships from that alone a deep mutual respect was born and it was on that solid foundation that the present astonishingly friendly relations between the men of the two allied navies is based the british with four years of war experience behind them were doing things with their ships quite in the ordinary course of the day's work that the americans had never reckoned on attempting save in emergency the shooting and the general efficiency of the british ships under the arduous north sea winter conditions deepened and broadened the respect and admiration of the americans the more they saw of it and the more they discovered the extent to which they would have to exert and outdo themselves to equal it the feeling of the american bluejacket on this score was concisely but comprehensively expressed by an old yankee man-of-warsman one of the few real veterans i have encountered on this side with whom i had a yarn not long after the arrival of u s s new york coming in from a big gun shoot the american squadron had sighted a squadron of british battle cruisers carrying out a series of intricate maneuvers with destroyers at a speed which would have been reckoned as suicidal as late as a year or two ago and which there is little doubt would not be attempted outside of the grand fleet even to-day the sun-pickled fizz of the old sea-dog crinkled with a grin of sheer delight and wonder as the lean cruisers each a mass of turrets funnels and tripod masts between crossing bow-wave and foaming wake dashed in and out of the spreading smoke-screens with a unity of movement that might have been animated by the pull of a single string then when to cap the climax the speeding warship opened up with their heavies and began to straddle a target that was teetering along on the edge of the skyline ten or twelve miles away he gave his broad thigh a resounding slap and turned to me with 
by cripes things do move believe me i was on the oregon when we chased old cervera's ships up the cuba coast in the spanish war and we were nigh to busting our boilers doing half the speed of them battle cruisers and as for keeping station it was just a case of devil take the hindmost but these johnnies here would go straight through a scrap just as they're playing that little game over there by cracky i takes off my hat to them they're sure on the job and you just bet that's good enough for us i think if i was asked to sum up very briefly just what the american bluejacket thinks of the ships of the grand fleet and the men who man them i would simply quote those final words they're sure on the job and you just bet that's good enough for us with this foundation of respect and admiration to stand on once established there was little to worry about on the score of personal relations both of them were as bashful as children on the occasions of their first tentative intership visits but this quickly wore off when they found that they both spoke the same language and it was not very far from that to the palling stage then they began to box and play occasional games of soccer together and when either could not play the other's sport to give attention to baseball or rugger as the case might be with the idea of trying to find out for themselves what there really was in the other man's game this is still going on and british sailors with baseball bats and gloves or yankee tars with cricket bats and shin pads are becoming commoner and commoner sights at the recreation grounds in the vicinity of the northern bases i have already told how the feeling of the british bluejacket for the yankee gob as the latter appears to like to be called changed from one of aloof curiosity through a mild sort of liking to active affection and to describe how the americans feelings have run the same gamut would be merely to tell the story in reverse but i cannot refrain from setting down the personal tribute of one gob in particular to british bluejackets in general for in its way it is quite as typical as the words i have quoted respecting the old yankee gunner's estimate of the grand fleet the gob in question had been borne on or very near the bowery but seven years in the navy had obliterated all traces but the accent he was a stoker and as the champion light heavy of the american squadron was being put on in an occasional special bout in the course of the british squadron eliminations in spite of the fact that the british box only three rounds where the american navy had been boxing six and a number of other variations in rules he had done extremely well having lost but a single bout and that by being slightly outpointed he was still nursing a black eye from this latter contest in which his sportsmanlike conduct no less than his cleverness had won the admiration of every one present when i asked him if he had been satisfied with the decision poifically was the instant reply i had too much steam for me from the first gong but i'll do better when i've worked out a little longer to go the three stead of the six round course what do i think of the british at sports say there's the best ever there's more than just gentlemen there's regular fellows take it from me and what more can you ask than that if the yankee sailor has any superlative beyond regular feller to apply to a mate who has met with his approval i have yet to learn what it is 
the men of the american destroyers and submarines working more by themselves than the battleships with the grand fleet have seen rather less of the british blue jacket and with better opportunities for london leave more of the british civilian than their mates in the latter units they have all found much to entertain and interest them in liverpool london glasgow and the other large cities they have visited they have enjoyed the theatres and art galleries and are very appreciative of the various canteens that have been provided for their comfort but it has been none of these that has made the greatest appeal to them but rather those at first rare but now increasingly frequent visits to an english or a scottish home i don't mean the boat on the river with band and the tea-party on the lawn of some ancestral castle kind of thing which are all very well as far as they go but rather the quiet unostentatious hospitality of a british home of somewhere near the same class as the visitor comes from in the states this kind of kindness has gone straight to the heart the yankee sailor lad is a good deal more of a mother's boy than he will ever admit to any one save possibly some other boy's mother and i have heard two or three pretty swaggery young gobs speak with rather more than a suggestion of a catch in their voices of the kindness that has been shown them of the things they have seen and heard and learned in one of these visits to a british home one day a quartermaster his folding bed was triced up next to mine in the forward torpedo flat and we had fallen into the habit of exchanging confidences in the long quiet hours of submergence of the american submarine in which i was recently out on its regular north atlantic patrol told me how much the visit he had been privileged to make to a little english home in liverpool had meant to him and presently after a pause as though the thought of one had awakened the thought of the other in his mind he told me of something else he had seen on one of his leave trips i happened to be in cork for a few hours on my way through he said we are not allowed to visit there you know for fear that we may be tempted to beat up a few Sinn feiners but if we are marooned there waiting for a connection there is nothing against our strolling about the town well just at one end of the main bridge across the river lee they have the stars and stripes and the union jack floating side by side from the top of one of the iron poles of the electric car line i don't know whose idea it was except that the champagners had nothing to do with it now the ordinary way to have handled them would have been to bend each flag to separate halyards and to hoist and lower independently but some man with a head on his shoulders possibly he had been a sailor evidently had the run of the show and what had been done was this taking two cross pieces he had bent the flags to the two lines joining their ends then a single halyard rigged to run over a block to the upper cross piece hoisted and lowered the two flags always side by side at one operation well now looking at that it chanced that i seemed to see something more than a very neat little contrivance for saving time and handling a couple of squares of coloured bunting it seemed to me that it stood for a sort of symbol of the fact that the stars and stripes and the union jack are being rigged to fly together for a good many years and that they aren't going to be able to lower one without bringing down the other 
i do not know how many of the men of the american ships at the irish bases have seen that particular little bunting hoist but i do know that the sentiment my young submarine friend read into it finds an echo in the breast of practically every one of them end of section four end of stories of the ships by lewis ransom freeman